Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm this morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's doing well. Let's get into Canon Talk for this episode. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to start off with, of course, the game that wasn't uh, Spurs versus Arsenal. Um, you know, with the postponement coming like 48 hours before the time, um, it's not like it was like uh, the way the, the British media made it out to be, and I mean, even some rival fan fans and fan groups, um, you would have thought it was like the, the end of the world or the start of a, a world catastrophe because, you know, it's something that we, look, we held back with, with especially COVID, uh, you know, cancellation of games for as long as we could. But I mean, you could see that the squad was depleted through, I mean, not only injuries and not only, you know, the COVID cases, but I just think it would have been also, even some of our loan players were out on, on, on you know, loan deals and that of the, the senior types. And I mean, I don't know if some people were probably thinking, do we, you know, uh, throw in our, our kids or whatever. But I mean, we just play, not actually played the system, but it's just we went according to what the, the Premier League already put out a, a sort of precedent about how teams have to go about all these things. And I just think we stuck by it. So I mean, they are the ones that, that started the rule. So I mean, I I mean, I don't know what was your take on how you saw things. No, I also thought it was like almost like a witch hunt because I mean, we've done this. Is our first game actually we got postponed. Liverpool did it. Man United did it. Yeah, um, sure. Wolves did it. You know, and we were on the receiving end of it. I mean, we'll get into it a bit later. But I mean, yeah. you know, Liverpool cancelled that first game. When we were flying high at the moment at that point, you know, momentum was high. I mean, that, that yes, we lost to City, but I mean, you know, we were in good shape, players were fit. So, you know, no one made a big deal about it, but now at the moment, Arsenal, you know, did that. It was almost like Arsenal, how dare they do it? You know, the club is not in, it's like in shambles to do that. It's not the correct way of doing things. I mean, we're not the first team to do it, and we probably might not be the last team to do it. So yeah, okay, now we move our attention immediately to the match of last night. Arsenal was Liverpool, uh, Carabao Cup semi-final, second leg. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, the sigh also says it, or the puffing of the cheeks also says it. But I mean, uh, you know, I was very upbeat going into the game. As you know, I mean, I still send your voice note before. Yeah. Uh, but I mean... My mood went from that upbeat way to your nervy message that you sent me <laughs> prior to the game about the, your, how your take was with regards to how it's going to play out. And I mean, when I heard Arteta said, these players going to play this evening like in that match of, of last night, that they haven't even had training sessions behind them. They've just done fitness sessions on their own, but nothing like with the teams. And I mean, I was like right there, I think my heart really started sinking because I knew it for a fact and I mean, you couldn't see as we're going to get into it. Physically, you can actually see which players are, like, you know, were really uh, tanking hard. Yeah, no, I, I was surprised to see Tommy Asso thrown in so early. I think I would have gone for Callum Chambers at, at right back. And even instead of playing Emil Smith-Rowe, I would have gone. Then either, you know, Rob Holding centre-back, Ben White right back, um, Callum Chambers, you know, Holding mid. Or go other way around by saying um, Callum Chambers right back, and then you try to play Ben White just to kind of hold that, you know, in the middle of the park. Because I think we are very light there yeah. if you look at it in the grand scheme of things. We know I had no like ball. We know you get Fabinho, 
you know, he was, you know, a true show at the important you know, or the proper defensive midfield they can yeah. do for you. And when the game kicks off, and I mean, funny enough, Arsenal start, you know, very brightly. Um, I think the real first big chance that comes to Arsenal is a six-minute free kick by Lacazette. That Keller just manages to sum up palm or get fingertips and eat it onto the post. But I mean, it was a fantastic free kick. Had, you know, little to no backlift. And I mean, you know, the ball dipped so sharply. I mean, it took also a good save to keep the score normal. Yeah, I know. I, I thought that was a moment, you know, 1-0 because we started so brightly and, and Martinelli was really taking at Alexander-Arnold to task. I mean, Alexander-Arnold didn't know how he, how he had it against him. Like, he was turning him inside, outside, knocking him off the ball, beating him to everything. And I, don't think, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's no Salah, no money. This could be our night. Yeah. And I mean, 30 minutes then, of course, you know, a, a kind of glimpse of this what was to come also. Also against the run of play in, in the game that we, you know, like really one-way traffic. Uh, from a, I think it was a, a corner, Arsenal end up failing to clear. Or I don't know if it was a free kick, sorry, uh, that it got, got flooded in the area and then glanced, I think, in by Van Dijk. And I think Matip ends up tapping the ball into a, a in, like an empty net. But I mean, luckily called offside. But I mean, uh, it's already there, a warning sign against the run of play. And I mean, Liverpool already eating that sort of form. Yeah, I know, and I mean, they were nowhere in the game, and then to just, you know, just score so easily after all that was always warning signs, but, you know, you take it on the chin and say, okay, you know, hopefully this Arsenal team can wake up and we move on, but I just felt, you know, after that moment, it's like the, the team just lost that impetus, they, they started playing yeah. within themselves, a bit of caution, you know, like fatigue, as you were saying, we were losing out, you know, the second ball all the time, and you could see something was brewing. Yeah, and I mean, it took like what six minutes uh, against a run of play, a fantastic ball by Trent Alexander Arnold that finds Diego Jota. Uh, he had muscles, Tommy Yasu. And I mean, this is also where you can get a glimpse of somebody coming in from the cold, doesn't that? You know, football action for a week, you know, a good few weeks. Jota, then 18 yards out, you know, with, with Arsenal kind of backing off, not really going in, or somebody taking the responsibility to get the tackle in. Uh, he ends up having a, it was like a sort of scuffed shot. And I mean, I know, I, I don't know how some pundits or, or people in the media, they're giving Ramsdale the flag for the goal that eventually gets scored by Jota. But, but for me, when that shot, that scuffed shot comes in, you can see that Ramsdale's weight is already on his left foot. And I think with all Arsenal's guys throwing their bodies there in front of the ball, it ends up almost like half coming off one of them as well and just taking that ball that little bit, that few inches away from Ramsdale and Liverpool go one up. Yeah, I'm a, I think after that because now it's like, you know, Liverpool have that goal in their back pocket. I know away goals don't count, but, yeah. you know, I, I'm hard saying, but I was still a bit upbeat, you know, thinking that this this team can can get something in. But it just seemed like after that point, Arsenal were just, yeah. you know, being drowned out. And we, we, yep, and we didn't have any, we, we played more within ourselves, basically, almost too overcautious. And I mean, yeah, all that impetus was gone. And I thought to myself, come on, like, you know, snap out of it. Because all of a sudden you see Liverpool not only swarming, but they're control controlling also the tempo of the game. And when they do lose the ball, they, they I don't know, the, this is the thing that Klopp has about him that, I mean, I've always liked. He has a team spread out so much, it gives you as the opponent no really no real opportunity to like pick out a pass because everywhere you look, there's a, somebody going to block off or, or intercept your, your pass. Yeah, like you said, the passes weren't quick enough. Like Liverpool, you need to 
almost starved him of position and and just kind of let them run themselves out of position. But we were just passing side to side to side and it was comfortable for them and never had to think about it much. I mean, you know, we we like I said, we didn't create anything that that scared them. And I mean it wasn't Allison in polls as well. Yeah. Then, I mean, like, for me, the team needed also to regroup. And, I mean, half-time couldn't come sooner. But even even then, Arsenal was still leaving themselves open to attacks. Uh, you know, struggling to even get the ball over the halfway line at times. And I, I was thinking to myself... But, you know, another thing that was, like, irking me to a degree was the support. I mean, if you compare Arsenal home fans to away fans, I mean, yeah. at least you're starting off strong. Then, you know, like, they all keep get that stadium rocking. But, you know, when the chips are down, you can actually feel that, that, that drain sensation or drain feeling from them ooze out onto the players on the pitch. Because, I mean, if you think of that, that Anfield game now with Arsenal in the League Cup, you know, that, that crowd, they were uh, not only they outsang Liverpool at the beginning with You Never Walk Alone, they from first minute to 90th minute or 94th minute that the game went on to, they sang and sang and kept that, that team at morale going, even with 10 men. But you always heard that little portion of the away fans singing. And you just don't get that at times. And that, I think, is the thing where it really lacks being at the Emirates. Like, you don't have that. It's like, they will rock a bit, you know, get you five minutes. But then they'll just go flat for like 10 or 15 minutes. And with that, that goes, there goes the, the morale of the team as well, which is an added, you know, effect as well. Yeah, I mean, fans, you know, sometimes, you know, I haven't you know, been to at the Emirates to watch a game. Or you think like but I mean, you know, in my you know, whenever I'm watching the game, I'm whirling the lads on. I mean, it's it's a different story when you you know, up and leading, but sometimes the fans need you as well when you know the chips are down, like you know, we need to start singing and getting behind every tackle and every pass we're doing, even though you know, maybe it's a threatening pass, like let's get behind the crowd, maybe someone does a lung busting around the tackle. The crowd needs to wake up and like get behind the team and the team can be like, Okay, you know. Let's go on. But, I mean, I think going in, like, in the second half, for me, like, you know, where I felt, and uh, and for me, I was watching this game and I was feeling that, you know, we're missing a top-class striker. Yeah. You know, nothing nothing against Lacazette. He's been wonderful at the club. But there's just that it missing from him. And that's almost why, you know, he's always been second fiddle to Aubameyang when, when he was going to Aubameyang came. But as he's missing that, what he added, Leo, where... He just he's not clinical enough. He's he is clinical. It's, it's a weird one because he's clinical at one stage, but other you know when sometimes you need him to you know he he always rockets his shots over, he balloons his shots, and he's a very he's a very um weird player. At the, like you can't really say he, he's like you know world class, but he's also not you know a shit player. And I mean that, that also leads me to that I think that moment you're talking about where. I mean, Lokonga ends up finding the ball. I think he ends up deciding to, you know, drive at the Liverpool team, which was needed actually more. And I think that was something that we lacked throughout the game. But I mean, he ends up driving forward. You know, it's a perfect chip uh, ball, you know, that beats the defence of Liverpool. All Lacazette like has to do is more like get the ball under control to feet and then, like, you know, place it. And he ends up trying to do this spectacular. And I mean, it fails horribly. Yeah, I know it. I honestly thought that was the moment. You know, that probably would have you know, sprung the crowd to their feet and the stadium would have been rocking and Liverpool could have been a bit shell-shocked because there were times where Liverpool were making mistakes but we weren't capitalising on it enough. I mean, at one run with Emile Smith-Rowe as well when he had Liverpool on the counter, 
you know, he played, uh, like you said, you can see with the, with the players who never trained. Okay, because Smith Rowe would have made a better decision in that situation, but, you know, he was really out of it. Yeah, badly underheated pass. Because, I mean, even after because he just plonked himself even further in his seat. Um, you know, like, like for me, it was, I think, something like 10 minutes later, again, alarm bells for Arsenal. Konate ends up, who came on as a sub at halftime, he ends up crashing a header against the Arsenal crossbar. And, I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, Arsenal were all over the place. I mean, you're trying to hold out hope that we can still, you know, be in the tie with a score at 1-0. But I mean, it's not like you're just watching this team giving almost like a waving white flag performance. Yeah, no, you could see that life was draining out of them more and more. And, you know, the only bright spark there was kind of Martinelli. But, you know, as you mentioned, sometimes he tries to take on too much and he runs into a blind alley. And, you know, it yeah. can be consequences to it. I, I see what was like also infuriating me a bit in the, uh, so midway in the, in the uh, second half. You get the ball, and I'm thinking to myself, get yourself goal side, where at least you're opening your body up to shoot. And you would get yourself more in a position where your only option is either going to drill a shot with your left foot at the keeper, or, I mean, I don't know if he has that much technique where he can actually float the ball with the left foot. But every time he was getting himself in a situation where he, he gets himself down the flank like a winger would, but then all of a sudden he realized, shit, I need to be get that ball on my right foot to have a pop at the keeper. But Liverpool are playing it so smart. They see to it that they keep him as you know to the touchline or to the byline as much as they as they can, so that he's not going to be that sort of threat that that as you said, where they do have that bit of flaw in them like when they they mix things around in the in the league cup team, where they give him the option to have a free shot at goal. So they knew exactly how to 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 almost like nullify his threat. And and the thing you you mentioned to me, you know, in the in the private message, even at half time, you said maybe swap Martinelli with. With um, Saka because Saka is a good skillful player. He has a bit of pace, but he doesn't have Martinelli pace. Yeah. You know where where he could have maybe beaten Arnold with a bit of trickery, but you know Martinelli would have ran at 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 um, Robertson and he would have maybe been struggling. If you think Robertson also had uh, Saka in his pocket for majority of the game because he found no luck. You know, unlike as you said now with Martinelli finding. You know the, the the also the pace and the the, the guile to, to beat uh, Trent and Alexander Arnold. Uh, Saka physically, I think it was just uh, you know chalk and cheese with that because Robertson is way stronger. You know holds the body up. He doesn't. He's somebody also that don't fall for you know little tricks or, or step overs and that. So you have to really be wise to 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 get past him, to get by him. Because I mean he's up there with you know the top left backs in world football also right now. Well, you can't blame Robertson for being so good. I think he probably plays up against Salah a lot at training, probably. So, you know, it's it's good practice for him. But, you know, and more and more as the game wore on, you could see Arsenal were missing a presence up front. I mean, you know, so many times the players have to cut back and look for some other option where if you have a bit of a taller presence in the box, you know, you can maybe put one in there and, and that striker will definitely, you know, Power through to hit a shot on goal, but there was none of that, and it's just like, like you can see, like that. Slowly but surely, you know, the only hope was almost like Odegaard and Martinelli, but Martinelli, like I said, was just doing too much and got caught on the ball way too much. Yeah. So Arsenal, seventy-fourth minute, decided to make a, a double change. Thomas Party arrived at noon the the Thursday. 
immediately thrown into you know action, which I mean I was really skeptical about already from the get go. Um, and then Ketia coming on for Lakers, like party coming on for Smith Row. Um, again, uh, like, you know what we were saying the other day or the last few weeks when we played Sunderland, you can see that is almost sort of level that Ketia can put away when he was put in like to lead the line against a team like Nottingham Forest. He kind of struggles. So, you know, I'm not thinking, you know, you, you're coming up against, you know, back in the days, the Premier League and Champions League champions, and you're letting him, I mean, everybody knows his physique, and you're letting him come <laughs> up against uh, Konate Van and Van Dijk. It's crazy. No, it is ridiculous. And, it, and I mean, like you said, Nketiah is a guy that you put him against Sunderland, he will shine. But the moment you put him up against a you know, team with a bit more quality. I mean, I think I'm far this level. And just show us, you know, don't disrespect to Nketiah, but he's never a guy you bring on to score a goal. Yes, he did against West Ham at, you know, last season when we won 2-1 at the Emirates. But Nketiah's not a guy. Like, when Nketiah came on for luck, is it like, this the, my, the win without my sales. And this Arsenal team don't have a plan B at the moment. If plan A doesn't work, there's trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, uh... Then in the 77th minute, Jota ends up latching onto a long Arnold uh, lofted pass. Uh, again, Arsenal at sixes and sevens between midfielders and uh, defenders. Uh, Jota gets control of the ball. And I mean, he just waits for the Ramsdale to advance and he ends up dinking the ball over the keeper. I mean, of course, uh, there was a VAR check, but I mean, for me, goal is a goal. 2-0 Liverpool. Yeah, it was, you know, uh, I didn't even know what to say or feel after that. It's like I felt it was very numb inside after, you know, I was hoping that, uh, the, deep down I was hoping it was offside because, you know, the commentators convinced me it was offside and, and then they watched the replay and I was like, so the way Firmino and, 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 and Jota were so confident, then they showed the replay and I uh, then I'm looking at that line and they say, you know, onside, I'm like, oh, you know, 2-0 to Liverpool and you just, you know, the wind went completely out my sails and I was like, nah, just, just see it out till the end. Yeah, then Thomas Partey somehow manages to get two quick fire yellows in the 87th, 89th minute and he ends up getting his marching orders and I mean, now we miss him for the Burnley game. Oh, the, the discipline has been a big issue of late. I mean, you know, under Arteta, how much red cards have we gotten? I mean, you can probably think on the top of your head the amount of games red cards have happened. I mean, uh, there's probably been more, but just on the top of your head, you can say Pepe, Xhaka, twice, thrice. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just going over two seasons and a bit. Yeah. And you, you're talking about, like, that really needs to be ironed out because who knows what could have happened at Anfield if Arsenal had gone with a full 11. You know, because we were up on that day. And also, you know, it's that, that, that you know, people are going on uh, this whole fixture thing with Arsenal postponing the North London derby. Who knows what's going to happen if we played the first leg first, actually, you know? Yeah, but I mean, uh, you also don't know when you see Arsenal going through these sort of phases now again, which is, you know, really has me like, to a degree worried because, I mean, okay, Liverpool are third to the final. But I mean, what a shitty way to go out. I mean, we played like Lions a week ago. And I mean, this week to go out, like, and I mean, we played 11 v 11 yesterday, and there was like 
I want to get a real toothless display. And I mean, for me, it was really disappointing to see, you know, some like a team that was now showing real potential, you know, just end up like that the way it now played out yesterday. Yeah, no, it was quite. Uh... Quite sad to see, uh, and I was quite disappointed in the manner, you know, we we went out. So, yeah, onwards and upwards from, not onwards and upwards, but we move on from here. But it was, you know, it was a competition that Liverpool didn't care about at all. At one stage, if you look at the team, they just managed to make it through. And I'm so angry at Leicester City. I mean, I just had a bad feeling about it when they were 3-1 up against Liverpool. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know. Liverpool release out of the competition, and that happens. And they do the same thing against Spurs with a top four race with us. So, you know, Leicester hasn't been kind to us, but we move on and nothing really to look forward to now but chasing that top four inverted commas trophy. Yeah. So, yeah, Arsenal play Burnley on Sunday, uh, 6th versus 20th. Um, I mean, I think Arsenal also really need a morale booster going into the winter break coming up. Um, it's scary to think last winning the league for Arsenal was December 26th. January hasn't really been kind to us. I mean, it's one goal so far leading up to the Burnley game. And, uh, you know, it's just been losses and, and, and uh, draws. And that's it. Yeah, and only, what, was it one goal scored? Yeah, I said one goal. Yeah. Said that, yeah. yeah. So, so, oh. Uh, a striker is a key thing that we need to address, I think. I mean, especially, you know, not maybe against a Burnley or whatever, but you've seen us against the bigger sides. I mean, boarding Spurs, you know, we, we've struggled to, to put them away. I mean, Liverpool have, we've failed to score a goal against Liverpool over three games so far this season. I mean, City, we we also lost 7-1 in aggregate, but you can't count at first, you know, that last you can, but I mean, we weren't up there yet. I mean, even Man United side, you know, buried us because they were clinical in front of goals. And, you know, Arsenal, if luck is hit, it's not firing. You have to, would you have to play up front in Ketia? And that's not flying or not working at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, when you think of our situation, and you look at, at Burnley as well, I mean, Burnley last win 30th of October 2021. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many games of them have also been now cancelled through COVID and, and even injuries at times. So they've also had like depleted scores. I think they got like 17 matches only played so far this season. Um, and now they've also, like, what was it, two or three weeks ago, they sold Bobby Wood to, or, sorry, Chris Wood to um, uh, was it Newcastle United. So, and no, they also, uh, was it Ashley Barnes was out injured. So, I mean, they've got also a whole catastrophe with, with injuries. I mean, I, I just hope the game takes place because, I mean, I haven't heard anything as yet because I think the game is still on, but, I mean, I think the, the squad is also depleted. Yeah, I know. I think Burnley is not looking good for them. I think, you know, that could have been, they could have reached their tether in the Premier League, you know. This could be the season where yeah. everyone else is kind of, it's not that they're a bad side, but everybody, I think, are just better teams than them in the Premier League at the moment. If you look at, you know, uh, a side like Brentford, they obviously lost you know, the past few games, but I mean, they also can keep as good as they get as well. So, you know, they're going to be a... Burnley's not going to be an easy game, but it should be three points for Arsenal just to kind of, you know, ease their way to that international break on a high because... Not international break, that um, winter break on a high because, you know, I think we just need to 
actually now get our fixtures over, regroup as a squad, everybody come back and then you know, take it from that point and hopefully, you know, we see some recruitments happening in January and we don't hear that same old, same old Arsenal setting off, you know, the players are going to come back as new signings. Now, you said this is now going to lead me now into the talking points of the, you know, as we get to the final straight of the podcast. Um, I, what kind of annoys me is the sort of situation we've put ourselves in again where you can see the slowness in the transfer market. We already now got that Obama situation, so we're already there, like a striker short. And I'm not talking now with the health side of things with him, with, with regards to him being sent home by Gabon, etc. And, and but then, you know, it's now leaving us now just with Lacazette and Nketiah up as our strikers. And I, the, the club itself, and, and this is where, for me, the Blames and really also be shifted down on, on Edu and, and Arteta because look, as much as we gave him credit for almost like molding the squad and like that, when you see you putting yourself yourself in a position where you're going into 2022 in fourth position and you you know you're really turning the heat on, on the likes of Chelsea. Yeah. So why do you almost like you use January and you start slacking off completely? Because for me, my my mindset, I mean this is what I, like my opinion now. The minute January window, January first turn up, you go already, you get your targets already. Now we already, what's the day? Is the twenty first? Yeah, January. It's almost done again. Still, we we still dabbling about trying to get at Arthur uh, Melo, trying to get him in, and of course twiddling our thumbs, not knowing whether how long we're gonna be to, to try to bring somebody like Vlaovic or, or you know as you said any top top striker right now because do they really expect Edin Ketia? With no goals in the Premier League, and Lacazette with three goals uh, in the Premier League to guide us to a top four spot or a top six spot. No, and no, that's not going to happen. You need that guy that's going to be put off chances away. I mean, look at Everton. You know, the Nketiah headers against the post almost unmarked, and and Babaming, you know, misses a shot. You know, informal Babaming would have put that away. But now you need you need that guy that's gonna any off sniff he's gonna smash it into the into the back of the net or you know put yourself about to put the ball in the back of the net and you know whoever that striker may be you know I don't want to say Blavich I've I've you know I've probably only watched the YouTube clips of him he's obviously from what I hear and you know what I've seen you know and and his stats he seems like a guy that could be a prolific striker at Arsenal especially with the chances we can create for him and also like. I know that this window we need a striker yeah. and probably a sentiment, but I also know we need another type of pacey forward that can play along the three of the front three. Like the, the guy must be able to take on players directly, beat them, and you know be able to score, but also have that strength to hold off. And you know Pepe can be that guy, but that just doesn't seem that he's also fitting into that Arteta mold of playing. And I mean, what what I don't get of Arteta, and I think this is now actually going to be my biggest gripe with him. Look, if you can have a, a, a sort of, uh, you know, I want to say misunderstanding because I think it's gotten even past it. But if you having, you know, major differences with someone like Obama who's supposed to be your main striker, how can you not tackle that problem immediately to some, some way, so, like try fixing it? Because it's all like left us now between the devil and the deep blue sea because where do we stand now? Because all of a sudden, the goals they dry up. Like if you think of, of the month of January, the goals have dried up with 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 Smith Rowe, his injuries and that. Odegaard hasn't really chipped in much with goals. I mean, he's still playing quite well with passing and that. 
the goals have also dried up now for soccer. So we, you know, because I think it's more like a sort of a give and take type of situation where at least you have, if you have a top a top line for a striker, he can at least when when, when these players that I mentioned now, uh, Saka and him, ever sort of lull or dip in form, he is gonna like the striker will be the one that takes the weight, you know, but off their shoulders. And if he goes into sort of uh, you know a, 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 almost like a period where he's, he's struggling to score, you've got now them to to pick up the the, the slack again. I 100% agree with you. Like, you know, with Arsenal, with Wenger back in the day, it was Henri was probably your name on the score sheet most of the time. But when he's going through a bad patch, Perez, Leungberg, Birkin, you know, Voltaud, Kanu, or like then your second striker, you know, plays a part, you know, a guy like Lacazette will chip in or like, but I mean, it's it's just not happening. We need a striker now that's going to bang us 30 goals a season, 20 goals at least minimum. And then you're going to need that you know, we've added with Aubameyang, but then it was only him scoring, none of the team around him. So we always you'll know, find that one and then we lose the other and then we find the other and we lose the one. So, you know, hopefully going forward, we can fix that problem and hopefully we can get a decent signing in this window. Yeah, then I mean, like the other point I was going to bring up, like my penultimate point, is like uh, from going, you know, as I said now, that uh, point I made earlier, from going forth into the new year, did you expect to see January in, in such a heavy dip in form? No, not not really. I, I thought we would have taken the the momentum up, but mm. you know, you also have to took into consideration the players. You know, the the health wise of the players, the players we had to put out. It was we weren't, you know, placed. I think with a with a full and fit squad. I mean. I knew it might have been a bit tricky way to navigate, obviously, but I didn't think it would have been so badly where we fall out of Nottingham Forest. But then you have to look, you know, Nottingham Forest, you know, that was maybe a freak result. But playing against Man City, you know, it's not always going to be an easy game. Nobody's really going to beat Man City. And, you know, we gave it because we got there. I think my major disappointment, you know, Nottingham Forest was a one-off, but was that Liverpool, you know, performance against yeah, yeah. them now you know it was we, you and I would have probably been talking a different tune if we had beaten Liverpool last night we would have maybe said you know unfortunate loss against Liverpool I mean against um, Man City Nottingham Forest you know pushed off but we we, we, we managed to be, throw to Liverpool with 10 men beat them at the Emirates and now we're on our way to an EFL Cup final and you know we actually looking so good in the Premier League so you know, not happy, but I guess the team is young, so you're going to have to roll the punches, I think. Yeah. So the last point I want to bring up uh, is Arsenal, I think, are quite close to signing a new goalkeeper who's going to probably come in as a number two. Uh, Matt Turner from New York, Revo- New England Revolution, sorry. Uh, US number one goalkeeper. Because uh, like the reason we now actually now you know really serious about bringing him in is Ben Leno is gonna probably leave the club on a half season loan because I think he's trying to you know get himself at least a, a World Cup slot for Germany and I think uh, he might take it up for up that he's gotten I think already from Newcastle United to you know try to help them out of the dilemma as well. Yeah, no, can be sad to see Leno go, but you know he, he just. He was a very good keeper for us, but 
you know, he was kind of overshadowed by Martinez, you know, when, when he came in to kind of take over the reins and win us the FA Cup and the Community Shield. And then that, you know, he left kind of a bitter taste in, in Gunners fans' mouths when he said about the interview about, you know, probably moving on or maybe it was miscommunicated, but they're not signing a new contract. And then Ramsdale came in and Ramsdale kind of came and stole your heart because he had that passion he had the love for the club and he feels he, like, you know, he's lucky to play for a club like Arsenal. So, you know, Leno will eventually, be, he will one of those keepers will, will, will say, oh, he was good, but you're not going to, you know, not that, that heartbreak, you know, he's just going to be one of those keepers at the club one day. Whereas, you know, Martinez, you know, I don't know how you felt, but I felt a bit gutted to see him go. And now Ramsdale is almost like the keeper that's, you know, won me over and he's my guy. I think what we... Especially if you think of Martinez as well, when he, you know, when he just came in at, at, after Leno's injury and he started showing the sort of side that we were lacking, you know, having a keeper that can actually play the ball faster out, out of feet or out of hand. And now you've got Ramsdale who can do that even quicker. And, and so you could already get a sort of mindset of what Arteta has been looking for in a goalkeeper. So, I mean, he, he's now found it in, in someone like Ramsdale. So, I mean, from what I hear, uh, this Matt Turner, he's quite a good shot stopper. Uh, I think him and that Zach Stefan of, of Man City, they fight it normally out for the US number one uh, in a position. But I just think, I mean, this is where I'm also hoping that we do get, uh, you know, we can end up in a sort of position where we can get European football because then you just don't have, a, a, say, a top type keeper just kicking his heels and having to wait his turn if, if a goalie is like injured or having a dip in form. And you don't have that sort of leeway of playing maybe Europa League or Conference League or, or Champions League or whatever. We can actually get, you know, game time under your belt. And so I just hope it, it works out in a way. Yeah, I know. I also hope so. I just hope that we can, you know, find a way back into European football and, and hopefully we have our squad sorted out. And, you know, the summer should be hopefully touch wood, you know, European football followed by, you know, kind of... Um, getting that final pieces to your puzzle to solve that puzzle to make you, you know, a threat to, to challenge up there with the best. I mean, this team yeah. is young, but, you know, they can only be young for so long before it becomes a case of, you know, people trying to sign these guys and take them away and starting from zero. So let's hope we can move on from here and take a, take the role, take the punches and hopefully we'll see ourselves um, getting the points against Burnley and also coming back um, from the winter break even stronger. Exactly. I mean, that's my take as well. So, guys, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. Bye, guys.